Hello, it's Charlie O'Shields back with another episode of Sketching Stuff. I've been sketching, painting, and writing daily now for over four and a half years. Yep, I still haven't missed a single day. Sure, I'm totally hooked and it's definitely a habit now, but it's also something I just love to do. And when you find something you enjoy this much, it's always worth finding the time to make it happen. I hope my stories will inspire you in your art journey. These stories, as many of you know, are simply collected ramblings that appeared after I was sketching stuff. In many cases, I had no idea that this particular story would appear that day. It's amazing to me how art, drawing, and painting can conjure up so many emotions and memories. I've written about things I remembered for the first time in years, simply because my sketch brought me back to that particular time and place. And I also use my sketches to capture memories in the moment, to make sure I don't forget something that touched my heart. Though topics may seem to jump about randomly, these are stories about life, family, and art. So join me now for a collection of stories that all share at least two things in common, love and watercolor. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. A bit of waffling. With a prompt of tasty once, my mind went a bit crazy for a moment as I totally loved food and had no clue what to paint. I wanted to paint all of it at once, but that's bizarre and, of course, impossible in the short time I have to sketch something, so after thinking about several possibilities, I dashed off a stack of waffles. These were on my mind lately as I stumbled across our little waffle maker and realized it had been ages since we'd had any. It was sitting in the cabinet above the refrigerator, alone and forlorn, still sadly covered in a bit of flower dust. Philippe calmly informed me that it was broken, a fact I was apparently made aware of quite some time ago and had forgotten. While certainly crestfallen, the fact that we could actually wear out a waffle maker at the very least felt like some sort of minor achievement. I went online immediately and started looking for replacements, but as ever got distracted with cute cat videos and figured pancakes were just fine. My attention span really does leave much to be desired. I've struggled with this issue my entire life. I get wildly excited about things and then see something shiny and rush over to be wildly excited about that for a while. It's really quite surprising that I managed to get anything done at all. Watercolor sketching has become a sort of therapy for me, an unusual cure for something I thought I would never quite tame. My routine of sitting down each evening to create something has helped me focus more and relax a bit. It's truly one of the most amazing things I've ever experienced. My crazy and fractured creative mind locks in for just a moment and completes something in a single sitting without interruption. And afterwards, I feel a sense of peace and accomplishment that lasts well through the next day. That's for the painting, of course. By the time I begin to write something, our dog Phineas is back again and pawing at me, demanding attention. Some of these posts have been typed out while he's sitting on my lap. Something that should help explain anything truly random or severe typographical errors that you might see on my blog. He also likes to paw at the keys of my laptop. And yet the whole ritual seems perfect. Like this was what I was meant to do with this little moment each day. There are so many things in life that I do every day that never quite compare. 
a meandering to-do list of things that I work my way through and hope I get each thing completed. But my little moment to watercolor sketch is my favorite moment of all. It's a time when my mind finally calms a bit and I can relax. Maybe that's why I've always been so enthusiastic in trying to get others to try watercolor sketching. But in the end, it's really just what happens when you sit down to make any kind of art. Whether you're a writer or a painter, you know exactly what I mean. There's a calling to create. You make something that wasn't there before. My hope and goal with everything I do with doodle wash and sketching stuff in my life is to encourage and support that feeling. Too often, it can seem like it's the least important thing we can do, but it's actually the very thing we must do to be truly happy. So paint, draw, write, or whatever else serves that creative spirit. It's often imprecise and never very logical, but you'll always find it. There's even gold to be found in a bit of waffling. Getting Lost in the Forest Once several years ago, I experienced my first and only trip to a rainforest while visiting Puerto Rico. It was an amazing experience and it felt like I'd been transported to another place in time. I've since always wanted to travel to see other rainforests, but that opportunity hasn't presented itself yet. So, as ever, I'll just have to enjoy the idea of visiting a toucan via my sketchbook. When I was a kid, I used to wander through the tree-covered acreage of my grandparents' farm. This wasn't called a forest, but instead just referred to as the woods. The fun part about visiting the woods was slowly looking back to see the world I knew disappear, only to be replaced with a strange and wonderful new world full of mystery. The deeper I'd go, the more and more I found myself thrilled with possibilities and excitement. Sure, I'd return covered in bug bites, but that was a small price to pay for all of that fun. I remember stopping to examine things more closely, kneeling or partially climbing a tree to get a better look. In those moments, I was focused and thrilled by the littlest things I found. Today, in my mind's eye, I often put that image of little me enjoying the woods into my brain. It helps remind me of a me I'd prefer to be, rather than the adult adult I've become. It's very hard to achieve a feeling of true calm as an adult. Our brains are filled with all sorts of things, and there's so much noise there. But each time I close my eyes and put that image of me staring at a stream or carefully watching a bird staring back at me, I find that mental space I adore once again. It's one without all of the noise and confusion. It's that part of my mind that I used all of the time when I was a kid wandering through those trees. And it's the one I turn to as an adult to help me relax and enhance creative thinking. Sometimes I can even hear a stream trickling nearby or the soft sound of birds in the distance. Perhaps that's also why birds often come to mind, as in the sketch for that day. And toucans are weird and wonderful creatures that always make me smile. And I'm rather envious of their rainforest lifestyle, even though I'm quite sure I wouldn't survive a day there as anything more than a tourist. Since I only have a little slice of time to sketch and paint each day, it can feel to me like my progress is moving slowly. 
I try little things as I can, like adding an extra branch in the background to this little doodle wash, or suggest a bit more depth and environment, but there are so many things I've yet to try. Yet when I'm painting, I'm in that zone I enjoyed as a kid, that timeless moment where I'm just happy to be there. And that, to me, feels like a gift each and every day. Anytime you can take a moment to smile and enjoy life, it's the best moment of all. I realize now that my goal with all of this has never changed on my journey and continues to be the same until this day. While others might have grand plans for where to take their art next, I've made the ridiculously simple promise to myself to just show up and paint each day. It's not something amazing and truly something that everyone on the planet can do. And I hope I've inspired some others on this little green planet to do just that. Taking a little break each day to sketch and paint, relishing in that childlike feeling of getting lost in the forest. Plan your epitaph with Deviled Eggs Day. On November 2nd each year, it's time to celebrate Plan Your Epitaph Day, which is dedicated to the proposition that a forgettable gravestone is a fate worse than death. As a bonus, it's also National Devil Eggs Day, and I wasn't sure if everyone would have these yolky wonders prepared, so I doodle-washed one to accompany your end-of-life planning. Lance Hardy is the creator of Epitaph Day and lives by the motto, Make it worth dying for. He also writes them for you if you're stumped, as well as for your furry family members. By this I mean pets, not your cousin with the hipster beard. As for who invented National Devil Eggs Day, nobody really seems to know, so I'm just going to go out on a limb and assume it was Food Network. Everyone approaches death in different ways. For example, my best friend from art school made me promise that if she died first, I would stand at the back of her funeral service and look reverent. Just when everything in the room stops and hits that deathly quiet lull, I was supposed to loudly scream, see a sucker, and run out. Let's just say I'm hoping I die first. As for me, although I love deviled eggs, I don't love gravestones and think they're too showy and take up space. Most of my family prefers cremation and I'll likely follow suit as the box is much more compact regardless of your size while alive. When I arrived in Texas after my father had passed away a number of years ago, my mother simply proclaimed, your father's over there on the bar. I walked back to the family room and there was an octagonal brown wooden box with inlaid green marbles sitting on the interior tiki bar my dad had built. It seemed odd that a 350 pound man would fit in there, but according to the photo on top, it was indeed him inside. The photo my mom chose of a younger version of my dad who was about the same age as I was at the time. But there was no epitaph to be found, so I thought I should write one. I have many memories of my dad, but they feel like a collection of feelings rather than tangible events. He was there while I was growing up, but more at arm's length and was often in his own world. I love the man, but it's hard to clearly remember someone you never fully understood. I felt bad that nothing was springing to mind. I looked at the box again, quietly sitting there at the edge of the bar beneath a string of glowing plastic jalapeno chili peppers, and suddenly I remembered. My dad had already written his epitaph. He was always telling me, son, when I die, throw a party and have a beer on me. 
So I sat down a glass, poured a beer, and toasted him. As for my epitaph, I don't even know if I want to be in a box, so I'm not sure where anyone would put it. But assuming I did end up in a tiny box somewhere with a picture of me ironically smiling on top, I guess I just want to do what I always do and say what everyone must be thinking. So in a lovely bit of shiny gold lettering just below the photo, when the lights hit it just right, you might be able to make out these words. Well, this is awkward. The Magic of Simple Stuff While the world keeps getting bigger and filled with more options and new and better things, it's always the common things in life that capture my heart. Not the latest new gourmet food or the hottest trend in clothing, but those ridiculously ordinary things that have stood the test of time. They are the things I knew as a child and the things that still give me comfort as an adult whenever I see them, like french fries and ketchup or that favorite pair of sneakers, or a comforting cup of tea. I also have to admit that I've frankly grown too old and exhausted to keep up with all of the latest new trends. With clothes, for example, I simply buy what Target tells me to buy, or what Marshalls tells me was the rage last season. These days I don't have the time or interest to worry over fashion. Even back when I did, I was too often wrong or late to the party anyway. No, when it comes to the stuff of my life, I like to keep things as simple as possible. That's the real magic. When I was a little kid, I loved going to garage sales with my mom. This was back in the days before eBay, where the only way to get rid of stuff you no longer wanted was to open a pop-up shop in your garage. It was amazing to look at all of the little things that people once thought they wanted and now decided to discard. An old adage that one man's junk is another man's treasure played out as people from all over the neighborhood would come to buy things. I loved this little treasure hunt. There was always something interesting to find, including things I'd seen in ads that I wanted but were too expensive. But even more than that, I loved finding interesting little trinkets that were rather unusual. They were completely devoid of value and the original owners must have agreed by placing them on sale for a nickel, but I thought they were amazing. Even if I didn't talk my mom into purchasing that little piece of nothing, I would stand there admiring it, imagining a whole story for it to star in. Looking back, perhaps I just felt bad for the poor things, as nothing is sadder than when someone stops loving you. Sure, today I have too much stuff and I really should get rid of some of it, but each time I pick up an object, my mind floods back to the memories that it contains. Silly, often inconsequential memories that shouldn't really matter anymore, but somehow manage to touch my heart. I do eventually say goodbye to these little things, as I've no intention of becoming a hoarder, but it's a slow process. It's difficult to decide if a memory is worth keeping. How will I know if I'll really miss it until it's already gone? So for now, I just let my little trinkets surround me and know that one day I'll most likely bid them farewell. But today, there's a special comfort to be found there. Those memory keepers are often the only physical reminder of where I've been. The digital remnants lost in my phone don't share the same value. I may not be rich or famous, but I feel like a millionaire when I'm lost in these memories. 
those quiet and bewitching moments when I'm once again reminded to stop and appreciate the magic of simple stuff. The Gift of Paddington Bear My favorite little bear of all time is Paddington Bear. I read all of the books when I was a kid and still have my little set of them. My mother had Simplicity Pattern 8223 that was released in the 70s and used it to make the little bear for craft shows when I was a kid. A few months ago, when we were chatting on the phone, she told me she lost the pattern somewhere along the way, and so I immediately went online and found it and had it shipped to her. This may seem like a sweet and selfless thing to do, but it came with a request. I wanted a bear. I no longer had one from when I was a kid, and I wanted one for my birthday, which was coming up soon. A couple weeks ago, when she was visiting, she arrived with a little bag and inside was a little Paddington bear she made for me. I was thrilled. Like seriously crazy happy thrilled. You had thought she had given me the keys to a new car. He now sits on a shelf in the living room, smiling out at me as a glorious reminder of childhood and the triumphant return of an old friend who had once joined me on my happiest days. During the visit with my mother, I found out she'd not yet seen the new Paddington movies, which I thought were incredibly well made and super fun. She said she'd check them out, but I didn't want to take any chances, so I made sure the first movie arrived on her doorstep the moment she arrived back home. Her birthday is on April 11th and mine's on April 13th, so we usually chat on the phone on the 12th, in between our two birthdays. She said she loved the movie, but even cooler, she's given herself a new challenge. She's going to recreate the movie version of Paddington as a stuffed animal. There's a Stife version that I never had the chance to get before it became a costly collector's item. So she's going to use a few different bear patterns and design her own version as a jointed teddy bear. I can't wait to see what she comes up with. It occurs to me only now, though, that she didn't actually say this one would be for me. Uh, must make a note to confirm that. As my mother and I get older and around the same time each year, it makes me happy to have these connections to a time when we actually got to see each other every day. These days it's usually only two to three times a year. So this year we had fun swapping versions of Paddington Bear to make each other smile, even when we couldn't be together. I'll have to send her the watercolor version as she doesn't have a computer so she never sees my blog posts. And I know that one day as we both grow older and older there will be an April 12th when there's no longer a phone call. But I'll still have this little bear on a shelf smiling at me with his little note around his neck in my mother's handwriting that simply says, please look after this bear. And I'll nod, walk over, gently pick him up, and hold him closer than I have ever before. There are many memorable gifts in life, but for me, in the end, I think the most memorable of all will always be the gift of Paddington Bear. And the unicorn rides away. 
As I've mentioned on my blog on doodlewash.com, I've always wanted a unicorn, so I was thrilled to get one of my very own just as one of the month's challenges was coming to a close. Well, at least in a quick little doodlewash version anyway. They're fabulous creatures, albeit considered mythical by most adults. As a kid, I truly believed in them as I did many mysterious and impossible things, like Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and even the Tooth Fairy. When you believe in something wonderful, life just seems a little more wonderful as well. It was a blast going back in time to revisit those memories from decades ago. I hope that little Charlie would have been proud that his adult self wouldn't totally let go of all those imaginative dreams. It's tougher as an adult, but together with that child inside, I still dream big, never letting go of that whimsical wonder sprinkled with a healthy dose of infinite hope. I'll still continue to write about childhood moments, of course. I always want to remind myself of the me I was as I become the me that I'm still trying to figure out each and every day. Somewhere in the middle is the perfect portrait of a person, the bits that never really change, even when we might wish they would at the core of our personality. As a kid, I was so eager to be a grown-up. I thrilled to dreams of all the things I would be able to do when that day finally arrived. I've done many of them, but there are still many more that were on that little boy's list. What I can promise to little Charlie is that we will always share the same dreams. I'll do my best to make each of them come true in whatever way that I can. They may not appear in the same fashion as that hopeful little boy imagined, but they'll always be a tribute to that time when dreams had no boundaries. It's an empowering feeling to paint and sketch like a kid again. And each day as I sit down to sketch, paint, and write a little something here, I will always do so with a dream in mind. A grand idea of what I wish my painting might look like that can often devolve into a lesser depiction. And then that day when the stars align and the dream actually appears on paper, those days are the reason I keep coming back for more. Or a post I write that feels like it truly captures a feeling or emotion that I had in mind. Along this journey, there are posts I've written through joyous tears and others that just made me giggle the entire time. These words together with an illustration create the art that I have chosen to share with the world. It's a package deal, just like my constant connection to my inner child. No matter what happens in my life, I can't imagine one where this connection is ever severed. I've grown up to learn that I don't really want to be a grown-up. I would miss all of the wisdom I had as a child. Creativity isn't something you learn, it's something you live. So I never want to become so grown up that I truly experience that profoundly sad moment when dreams might ever, even for an instant, seem impossible and the unicorn rides away. Thanks so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and new episodes will be added bi-weekly. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories. 